Well, hey there, everybody. We are back. It's Life Downloaded Live, episode two. I am Dan Edge here at Casa de Edge once more because we're all still on lockdown. And as always, I am joined by my lovely co-host. The show would never be the same without her. It is the lovely Sam Rink. Say hi, Sam. Well, hello. This means that you enjoyed our first lockdown edition. We are back. Um, I'm actually really, really excited. I really like doing a live version of Life Downloaded. Although, I do really miss you, Dan. I must admit. I miss you. Lola misses you. Um, but we are here and we've got a really special guest. But first of all, a bit of housekeeping. We are live. Uh, we are using technology and we all know technology is um, temperamental. So bear with us if there's any glitches. Also, this is a adult show. Um, so there might be a few um, um, cursed Curse words now and again, mostly from me because I'm certainly not a lady. Um, Dan is a pure, pure gentleman all the time, um, and I don't know about Andrew. Um, I don't, I don't know our special guest. We'll, we'll ask him in a minute if he's a sh- uh, no stranger to dropping, dropping a couple of uh, curse words. But yes, thank you so much. We really liked, it. we really loved your feedback on um, in- Instagram, Twitter. Um, we're so glad that we can bring you a little bit of joy in these uncertain times. So without further ado, um, we have got loads to get through it. And also remember, this is completely interactive. Dan is gonna be keeping an eye on any questions you have for either one of us or our our guest, um, Andrew. So please, please interact with us because it's more about you than it is about us prattling on about our, (laughs) our lives. So. Dan, would you like to introduce our wonderful guest? The pressure. Yes, the I pressure. will. I will. I will introduce our wonderful guest. Our wonderful guest is the man behind Andrew Roach Talent. He man. <laughs> he is manager, agent, slash wonderful person of some of the best deaf and disabled talent you see on your screens and listen to on your radios and so on and so forth. Plus probably a lot of talent besides that I am forgetting ladies and gentlemen <laughs> the lovely andrew roach hey andrew how are you doing good afternoon Round how are you both? Round of very well very well good <laughs> we're good there's your beautiful face so andrew um you are in fact my agent um we've been working together for i don't know has it been about a year now is that all it's- is that all? Oh, you cheeky. Do you know what? It, yeah, it's been about a year and I've absolutely loved um, every moment of it. Um, not only are you my agent, I think we've kind of bonded and, and I would definitely call you um, my friend. And it's lovely to have an agent that's actually in London. So we we, we meet up quite regularly, don't we? Um, mm-hmm. so, we, we normally go central London, have a have a have a cappuccino together, and you know put the world to right. Um, and you you know you do have quite a number, as Dan said, quite a number of um, deaf and disabled artists. But actually, that I know because I know there are agents out there that specifically have you know that's their mantra, and they only will take on talent um, for deaf and disabled people, which in itself is kind of great. But but. But you, you not not to sound crass, but you stumbled upon um, this kind of be, becoming this um, um, t- agent for mm. for welcoming um, deaf and disabled artists. Because let's face it, um, not everyone would have someone with a disability on their books, uh, even to this day. So um, I suppose, how did that come about? What have you learned? Has it been as scary as everyone makes out having people with disabilities, you know, um, on on your books? Or actually, are you like, do you know what? This is great. I've, I've, you know, my eyes have been opened. And if I get to work with people like Samantha, I can die happy. Um, So I'd love to say it was a master plan. Um, It wasn't. (laughs) I set up, I'd worked for a couple of agents. I wanted to do my own thing. The first Edinburgh Fringe I went to um, in 2014, 
2015, I can't remember, a long time ago, um, when I'd set up my own. And one of the first people I went to see was Juliet Burton. And she was doing a show about body confidence. And within that show, so I loved her. Um, and she was very open about mental health and she'd interviewed a lot of different people which she played in as part of that show. One of those people was Adam Pearson. I was having, and then start to look after Juliet. She, we had a meeting, she said, oh, my friend Adam's coming. Um, you know, is that okay at the end? Uh, you know, the meeting. I said, yeah, sure. Yes, Adam <laughs> arrived and within about 30 seconds I loved him. And he told me what he was doing. I said, well, do you have an agent? He said, no. I said, well, why don't we meet? And it, it literally has just gone from one step to another where, I don't know, you just, you just end up meeting and being contacted by really talented, interesting people. And, you know, my eyes were opened a couple of years ago where somebody actually said to me, so are you only going to represent disabled people? And I said, well, so what if I do? But, you know, no, I'm not saying that you've got to pass some kind of disability test, you know, to be represented yeah. by me. But likewise, also from a business point of view, it's really um, a smart move to be known to, to represent a certain area of talent and therefore people come to you and that opens up conversations and meetings, you know, and, and then I've just become incredibly passionate about it I think you know me well enough, Sam, that I quite yeah. like a fight. Not a physical fight. Um, no. But, you know... We do, we, do, we do have a good old rant, don't we? Yes. We have a good old ramble yeah. um, and on the phone about, about, about the, the state of the industry mm. as a whole. You know, I, I quite enjoy pointing out when things aren't happening. I mean, don't get me wrong, because I want my clients to work, because if my clients don't work, I don't earn any money, but also morally and ethically, I just think in 2020, it's outrageous that um, we're even having, that we are actually even at this moment in time having this conversation about it, to be honest. What, what has been, honestly, um, you know, what has been your biggest challenge, I suppose, with representing, you know, people with disabilities, that you face. I mean, I know we spoke about a few things yesterday um, on the phone. I don't want to get into the semantics. We're not got, we're not here to, you know, wag our finger at individual, you know, broadcasters or well, just, we? we're just on the. Uh, well, I mean, you can't. I mean, go for it. I mean, you know, this is a safe space. Um, but I suppose, like, because when I when I talk to people, when I talk to people they kind of go, oh, it's not really like that, is it? And, you know, I, I don't think they kind of believe, I don't think they actually believe how difficult it can be. I mean, Dan, you're an actor as well, aren't you, Dan? Dan, are you there still, I my am darling? still here. Um, you know, I wasn't going to interrupt so, you know, the flow. No, but I mean, you know, but I, I think people just don't believe how, even just like the basics, um of, of the challenges you know people within the creative industry who have got disabilities what what have you found like what are your headbanging moments andrew where you're just like really where you put the phone where you put the phone down and you've gone really did that just happen are you actually saying that to me because i just kind of want if there's any listeners out there that don't have a disability i want them to really grasp what how tough your you, my job is how tough Dan's job is and ultimately you know um because you're you're Andrew you're like the parents of all of us you're mm. the ones that like keep us in in check like so so I kind of want to I want to I want to know what your what what your you know what your biggest gripes are my my biggest Dan, gripe, my biggest gripe is quite simple um you know and I wrote about this about a year ago for Broadcast um, magazine. Okay. You know, the, the thing is that the barriers that people believe exist, I believe, are the ones that they put up themselves and they're not actually there in the first place. So that that's the first thing. You know, working with, with you, Sam, having worked with lots of different people, you know, in, in, who are talent, is exactly the same, um, okay. for, you know, pretty much. 
um, once once we communicate what what you may need, which by the way is not a huge amount and is not insurmountable, then you just got on with it like anybody else. Um, the thing that I find most frustrating is is that there are disabled people out there who are talented, who are ready, willing, and able to work. So just go on and book them, commission them. Yeah, you know. It's it's not, and this is the thing that frustrates me the most: is it's not difficult. There's no there's no rocket science to this. There's no you know secret code. It is just plain and simple. And therefore, if it's not being done, I don't understand why it's not called out for what it is, as it would be with any other group in in you know who are protected or you know an area of diversity as discrimination. Because if those people are out there and they're not being booked without good reason, well, what else is it? Mm. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it is one of those things where, you know, the the disability equality movement and the disabled equality movement, we've spoken about it on the podcast before, is so is further behind than our fellow diverse groups and their campaigning, whether it be, you know, LGBT women people of colour, whatever it may be. Um, and I think there is still a lot of issues, especially in our industry where, you know, deaf and disabled people are, are considered too complex, too expensive, too complicated to employ. Less. Or, or indeed, less. All of these are complete and utter fallacies. Yeah. Um, and I've, well, I mean, we've been at events together before, Andrew, you're not my agent. <laughs> But we've we've been is this what you're are you trying to ask yeah, well i think i think my current agent might be a bit upset yeah. <laughs> but um we've been at events it's before. mine get off him <laughs> we've been at events before and you've heard me say um if you can get a sixty-five thousand pound camera up a hill or down a hill you can get me in my wheelchair up a hill up a hill or down a hill it's not it's not difficult it's common sense and i understand for people you know that don't deal with being disabled and issues around that daily that it can be a bit scary and you don't want to say the wrong things or do the wrong things but you need to take that risk in the first place and employ the talent mm. and the talent will help will tell you what they need and what's going to get the best work from them because essentially i'd assume that that's what every producer director all those people want from their talent is the best performance they can give so just work with the talent there's a lot of sub subconscious sorry to interrupt you there's a lot of subconscious bias and frankly discrimination and you know i don't believe that the, the majority of people you know at all levels and broadcasters and producers are actively discriminating I, I really I, I really hope that is not the case um but but conversely what they aren't doing in my opinion is engaging as much as they should be and and just getting on with making actually really basic decisions that that actually apart from the else when when there is such a competition for audiences at the moment mm. why would you not want to engage with a fifth of the UK population. Why would you not want to engage with the spending power of over 240 billion pounds? It, just in, in terms of basics and business, it makes sense. Forget the ethical and moral, you know, judgment. Yeah. Mm. You know, that that's what I don't understand. Well, I, I think, I think, I think a lot of it is to do with, and again, we spoke about this yesterday, the frustration of, I think I think a lot of broadcasters don't give the general public the benefit of the doubt. I think broadcasters think most people don't want to see, uh, you know, unattractive disabled people on the television screens. I mean, a prime example of, you know, when I took part in the Maltesers advert, you know, Maltesers, their revenue went up by a staggering amount. I mean, it wasn't just solely down to my commercial. There were two other amazing commercials, you know, in that series. But you know, uh, it, like that, they, they basically they sold a shitload more chocolate than they had done in in six years, yeah. And that's because they had three amazing disabled protagonists at the heart of their 
commercials. Now, I received quite a lot of backlash because people were like, hang on a minute, there's this cripple on the telly making loads of money. I don't like it. I don't like it. And that was probably only a very small proportion of society that are online idiots and start trolling. But I genuinely believe, because I pitched to the company, I said, why don't we do a, se- a series? Why don't we do? Because for those of you who haven't seen the Maltesers, but I, I basically... Um, run over a bride's foot at a, at a wedding and everyone's like oh my god that is horrendous you, you know you ruined the wedding but I was like nah you know I left with the best man's number so I got mine you know and I said of your life, do... right? yeah exactly you know it's like and I said why don't we do I know genuine that was like you know I do that all the time um I said why don't we do like a, se- a series like now I'm I'm on the first date with the best man or now I'm shacked up pregnant with the best man and they they kind of didn't go for it and I I hand on heart think it's because instead of listening to the sales they were actually more concerned with oh but people don't like seeing you know we've got such backlash we've got such um you know kind of trolling because I know that it was intense they weren't telling me the half of the the abuse that was online but I I, I actually do I mean we see it and oh god bless I don't know the lady's name she she was a C, CBBC um, uh, uh, presenter, and she had she she's not got she only got one arm. And I know a lot of parents complained about her, mm. you know, saying it's going to traumatize my child. And I suppose I'm sure there was a time when you know um, uh, there were you know people said I don't want um, a black man on my TV screen, or I don't want to see a gay person. And I'm sure there was a lot of backlash for that. But somehow broadcasters were like no I'm going to take a cut if 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 50% of people don't watch the program because there's a gay man presenting or a black man presenting then I'm going to make that sacrifice because they obviously have made that sacrifice Mm -hmm. because now we see much more BAME much more LGBTQ plus you know on our screen so why is this they think it's mental block Mm -hmm. like disabled isn't sexy enough disabled doesn't sell but then you go online, like I go on Instagram and I follow some amazing disabled influencers. I'm actually quite jealous. Like they've got thousands upon thousands of followers, mm. you know, like like they, they're like making so much money from being brand, um, you know, uh, kind of influencers from different brands. So I just, I don't get it. You've got that one side. So I'm, I'm proper rambling, aren't I? You've got that side of online kind of really really amazing disabled talent yet on our screens you don't so what's going wrong there there is a disconnect there is a disconnect (laughs) and i think partly it's because um and i've had this debate many times before is that you know there isn't a lot of deaf and disabled talent in the producing ranks, there isn't a lot of deaf and disabled talent in the commissioning ranks. Mm-hmm. There's more and more disabled talent coming through those ranks, but they're not there at the moment. They're not yeah. the decision makers. Yeah. And because they're not the decision makers, that and disability isn't necessarily in the sphere of being in those decision makers' lives, it's not reflected. For example, CBBS does have or at least they did. I don't know if she's still there at the moment, and I can't remember her name for the life of me, which is terrible. No, I uh, really sorry for not listening. None of us know your, your name. Yeah. <laughs> we need to Google it. We need to Google everybody's <laughs> name. Um, but there was a wheelchair-using commissioner at CBeebies. Guess what? CBeebies has some of the best disability representation on television. Likewise, within BBC Daytime at the moment, mm. um, yeah. you, you, I think they've done a really good job um, and increasing their disability representation. And I know that one one of the commissioning editors there is disabled. So, mm. you know, that that is where you see the impact. And, and I think, you know, I generally, you know, I engage with a lot of people at, you know, quite senior level, actually, um, you know, in broadcasters. Mm-hmm. And, and, um, <laughs> yeah, um, it's probably because they go, oh, God, there's another email from them. <laughs> them you have like I love you like you're like a dog with a bone like literally <laughs> you go for it which I love which is why I love you and I'm proud that you're my agent oh, anyway go on <laughs> you know but but that I think the intention is absolutely there it's that it's there's a block to like following through you know the, the very fact that Lee 
Ridley, who I look after, Lost Voice Guy, won Britain's Got Talent in 2018. And that's two years ago, because um, the next series is about to start. It's still such a definitive moment. And at the time, it was touted as the moment that the stigma of disability was broken. But the reality is, no broadcaster producer has yet put Lee on a panel show. Not one. No, it's crazy. Why Lee, wouldn't you? Lee's got the Why? talent to be on a panel show without <laughs> question. Know, I mean, you know, and, and what, so what, what my challenge now to the broadcasters and producers, when you're now making programming in the lockdown situation and having to think creatively and make the adjustments for everyone, there is now no excuse. Mm. Everyone is on an equal playing field. You know, and what Lee proved was he's a funny guy who people like. That's it. So actually, about you were saying, Sam, is I think the broadcasters do the British public a disservice in that if the British yeah. public likes someone, they'll get behind them and they don't really care. Yeah, there'll be the people, there always will be, who dislike things. And Lee himself has said, not everyone's going to like my comedy. That's fine, yeah. you know. Not everyone's going to like right. everyone's music, that's you know. That, that's it. It's nothing to do with whether he's disabled or not. Um, mm -hmm. So just, and this is it, it's just getting over that next hurdle. And I do think we're years behind. I know Adam Pearson has said, I can't remember, he always has a specific um, period of time. I don't know, he's, he's obviously a soothsayer um, mm. or something. Um, where he says, I think, you know, we're like 10 years behind. I'm, I'm maybe misquoting him, but he says we're a certain, he thinks we're a certain period of time behind where, for example, we are with BAME representation. And I think he's absolutely right. And, you know, I just, I've done my own research, hours of hours of compiling research um, of, of pinpointing where disabled people or physically disabled people, I should say, have made appearances on entertainment and, and factual entertainment shows. So not likes of things like Sam has done, or maybe you've done, Dan, where you've been in either fronted things yourself, or you've been in um, uh, even like documentaries or things like that. I mean, like the likes of, you know, panel shows or even, um, you know, fact tent shows. And I think I've managed to get, in fact, I'm going to just check while we're on. Go for uh, it on here and can I just say um, you probably need to get out a little bit more I'm a bit concerned <laughs> by, your, by your comment um, so right, well, once we are out of um, seclusion or hibernation as I call it I will enrol you on a couple of hobbies let's go wine tasting excuse me like I, have I have recently stripped and painted a radiator right so I was wondering <laughs> where you were going there I was wondering where you were going I've been we are going to do a we are going to do a late night version of this podcast and where we all are going to be semi-naked. So you're, you're welcome to come back. For that. Yeah. Nobody uh, needs that. <laughs> um, so I've ident I think identified yeah. 32 disa physically disabled people in the history, let's just say, of UK television wow. Wow. Um, who between them have made 146 appearances. On a and personal level, I'd be really interested to see that list. I'll um, send it to um, you. 14 on radio. Okay. Okay, can you give that to me? Because maybe I can uh, uh, put it in one of my Metro columns. Yeah, sure. Um, well, actually, speaking of my Metro column, I've got one coming out today. And I think, I think on a wider scale, what's going on at the moment, you know, with COVID and how disabled people have been kind of, you know, treated, uh, you know, with with all these bills flying around, with the British, you know, Institute of Medicine saying that disabled people won't get ventilators because they, you know, they, they're, they're deemed not to survive. Um, I'll tell you something, you know, I've been through hell and back. And I think when you're disabled, your body's been through so much, your body don't want to let go. Like we are little fighters, more so than most people. So, but I, so I think, you know, what we're seeing in the entertainment in, uh, industry is like you said, unconscious bias. Mm -hmm. um, it's this ingrained attitude that disabled lives are not as valued or not as equal as yeah. other, other lives. Mm -hmm. But you know, the figures are there, like we are the fastest growing minority. You know, we cannot hide from the fact we've got an aging population. 
you know, medical advancements means that, you know, people with disabilities are, you know, living longer and living very successful lives. And, you know, there's one in five people in this country that have a disability. Um, uh, and and it, I, I, made, I made a comment the other day when, you remember, we were all at the event, gone what the event was. But I said to, you know, I was keynote speaker and I, I said, you know, you might not know um, who, who, who the disabled talent are, but in the dis disability world, you know, myself, Dan, Adam, you know, uh, we, we're kind of, we are celebrities. You know, people bloody know who we are. No. You know, just because you're so ignorant and you can't be bothered to Google who disabled <laughs> influencers are, doesn't mean that we don't exist. Um, another rant. I feel quite. I think it's. Yeah, all you're in a ranty mood today, but uh, but I like you. You know what? I've had. A, I, I didn't sleep very well. I got bitten to death by a mosquito. Huh? Like seriously, even my cat woke up and she was licking where it had stung me. Because she oh. was like, "Oh, that must be sore." I know it's quite cute, Medical but equally annoying. Medical I've, cat. I've had about 50, 50 cups of tea this morning and coffee, so I'm a little bit. You're white. Like, jittery. Yeah, you're white. <laughs> Um, Andrew, I kind of want to know, because I get asked quite a lot, uh, I get a lot of emails and messages and on Twitter or whatever, um, and people kind of want, God bless them, I mean, it's, it's, it's lovely that they think I can uh, magically kind of um, create opportunities for them, um, work-wise, or kind of get them into the industry. Part of me is going, hey, I need to get work myself. But um, I think a lot of people want to know, first of all, what does an agent do? How do you get an agent? um and 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 kind of like I, I just want you to tell people like what your role is as an agent um uh and how can how how what tips have you got for, i suppose for people who want to start in the industry mm. and particularly at the moment we've got a lot of time on our hands it's probably a really good time to make the most of 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 this kind of um yeah, this void that we've got at the moment. That's probably three questions in one. That was a lot of but, questions. Yeah so, yeah, so what, so okay, first of all, what does an agent do? How would you go about getting an agent? And what would, what would bring your attention to somebody to say, I want you on, on your books? So I think the best way of describing what an agent is, um, and if I meet a new client, I will, this is what I say, um, is that we're, creating a business together so Samantha Rank Limited and um, I'm the you're like the creative director and I'm the business director of that company and there are definitely those two things um, overlap for sure um, I mean essentially as an agent what I am is I'm a salesperson you know <laughs> I'm, I'm the equivalent of a state agent but I'm dealing with people rather than houses you know you, you basically yeah you haul me out in no or <laughs> is in an no. interesting term i said it i said it <laughs> um but yeah i mean you know it's it we're, we're a whole load of different things you know we i guess we're like brand managers we're personal managers we're business managers you know it's it's multi-faceted um if if someone wants an agent and you know the thing is you know I do get approached quite a bit and um, particularly now by disabled people and and I, and I actually genuinely feel bad because you know I'm getting approached by amazing people but I can't do a disservice to my current clients and take on loads of people because then I can't do the job mm. that I'm meant to do so what I get frustrated about and there are some other agents out there who have some um or one disabled client um which which is fantastic but why and, and i so i actually think there's there's a challenge and and actually a responsibility on other agents to look at their lists um and say wait a minute what am i not what am i actually what am i missing out on here because I would love, you know, I would love more agents to take on more disabled people and more disabled people to be on screen. If I, I'm always recommending other people who I don't represent, because actually, the more people are booked, the better for everyone, you know, and it's, it, it's that kind of approach. So, but, 
you know, what, what it, it's very difficult to define what some, someone we should have because I, I can't put that in words. It's just, it is a bit like a relationship. I just feel something or I see something, you know, like the minute we met, Sam, I was like, yeah, I mean, yeah, I just... Well, of course. I mean, everyone, everyone thinks that about me. I mean, you know, it's just, and I was actually why I'm still single and living with a cat. It's just... <laughs> It's the male population still what you see in me, Andrew. I'd be a very lucky woman right now. Really you know, would. it's just, it, it, it is difficult to define. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, there have to be certain things. You know, what has that person got going on? What are their ideas? Do I get a sense of their work ethic? You know, all, yeah. all, all those kind of different facets. Can I, do I think I can work with them? Do they think they can work with me? Um, so it, but it is, it's a really difficult thing to define. And what were your other questions? Well, I, if, I, if I may just interject into that, sorry, Dan, I know I'm like talking a lot. It's um, fine. I think also, I think a lot of people, it, it, like you said right at the beginning, it is a relationship and I have to put in 110% because even though you are the person, Andrew, that, you know, will negotiate fees, will make sure that I'm, you know, getting the right information, make sure that, you know, all my everything's booked for me. You're my, you're my wingman and you're the one that really drives me. But also, because I get a lot of people that just think that things land on your plate. I think if you have to be proactive, you have to be pro, like I send just as many emails as Andrew does. You know, I am working on my social media. I am, you know, networking with people. I am reaching out to people. So it's, you know, even though an agent is absolutely fantastic and, you know, I would be lost without you. And, you know, it's great to to delegate a lot of a lot of the traffic that comes my way. Because I get a lot of people contacting me on social media and I'm like, oh, I can't handle. So I give that all to Andrew and he can like, you know, filter through all the people that are maybe worth contacting or not. But, you know, like, you have to invest in yourself. I've, I, I've been in London eight years now. You know, I've been with Andrew just for about a year. I had another agent for a couple of years. But a lot of what the groundwork I've done my, myself, and you've got to, if you are really committed about being an actor, being a presenter, being in the creative arts, you really, really have to have your own work ethic. Mm. And you've got to invest hours every day into putting them feelers out there getting on Twitter. I hated Twitter and now I've got over 10,000 followers, you know, and that's only Shut in 18 off. months, which I think is quite an achievement. You know what I mean? So you've got to really, you've got to be realistic. And I think a lot of people out there um, maybe are under an illusion that, um, that the talent, just because you're talented, you'll get everything. No, you've got to really, really put a lot of hard work into it. And you've got to, sh particularly when you're disabled, you've got to scream loud yeah. as uh, you know because to make people listen to you know That's to a, listen to you i was going to say you know i think one of your questions was about what what would what advice you know, to the, particularly people breaking yeah. in to the industry the thing i get most frustrated about is hearing disabled or some disabled people say um and I, I, when i say frustrated i don't mean angry with them i mean frustrated on their behalf um yeah you know it's oh it's not for me i, I won't be able to do it the opportunities aren't there. Please don't assume that. Absolutely not. Um, you know, as you say, you have got to put in your own work and, and make way. But I think I think you've got to tackle it. You know, and it is tricky because obviously not everyone's wired the same way. Um, but there are different ways you can do it. You've got to force people to make the decisions. And frankly, um, you know, if in doubt, just quote the, the Equality Act. <laughs> Um, yeah. <laughs> you know, and I say that slightly flippantly, but you know, there is law out there that it says, you know, there are protected groups and under the Equality Act, reasonable adjustments have to be made. Mm. And, you know, I know that can be interpreted in different ways, but you know, know your know your rights, know your value, um, yeah. you know, and don't but the main thing I would say, do not assume that it's it's not something it's or do not assume it's something you can't do because that's like that that is the equivalent of the people putting up the barriers that shouldn't be there you're creating a barrier for yourself i mean you know be realistic the entertainment industry irrespective of whether you're disabled non-disabled is a really tough 
competitive industry, you know, I would say to anyone, don't go into it if you're faint-hearted. You know, you've got to accept, you know, whether it is up and down, it's a roller coaster, there's no guarantees, there's no there's often no prize for getting second place, you know. Yeah. Um it's it is tough, it's really tough, you know, and you've got to make that decision. You know, like similar to me, you know, what I do, I've got to accept. Um, and this is the one thing about being an agent, I feel the wins as much as the losses as well, because if my clients don't get something, I don't get it, you know, frankly. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've got to be resilient, you've got to have a thick skin. Do not expect things just to happen. Um, yeah. You know, it, you have to create things. You know, this is the perfect time in many ways. That's what I've said to a lot of my clients. All those things you've been thinking about doing, writing, yeah. developing, this is precious time that you won't get back. This is like being in, this is like incubating all the things, incubation time for all the things you've been thinking about doing. You know, and actually in many ways, you've got a captive audience in terms of particularly producers who are on hold with productions, you know, or current development work to get stuff in front of them that you might not normally have the opportunity to do. So, you know, it's, it, look, it, it's, it's, there's a, a huge reality check in that, you know, as I say, it doesn't matter who you are, this industry is tough. Yeah. And that's not going to change. Yeah. I totally agree. Dan, have you got any wise words in these times? Because we, we were talking about the gatekeepers and, you know, at the moment, like, broadcast is on hold. It is. But we need more, we need more people behind the cameras. Mm. Uh, disabled uh, you know talent so what would your advice be at the moment my advice at the moment um i mean i'm not a behind the camera bod but i've worked with quite a few of them um you know there's things like and it comes in fits and starts but keep your eye out for things like bbc writers room if you're a writer keep your eye out for things like um the disabled artist networking community dank they've always got workshops and Mm -hmm. stuff going on um They've got some brilliant stuff going on at the moment. Mm. So look at look at them on Twitter mm-hmm. and all, all the social media type stuff. That's follow that. equity. Follow equity, indeed. Equity also, you know, if you are a performer and you are in the creative industries, I I do a lot of work with equity. That's no secret. But I'd recommend, you know, there is power in numbers. It can be quite a lonely existence if you work in the arts. Um, so if you can become part of the writers' union or equity or Bektu or any yeah. of the trade unions, I suggest you do because you never know when you're going to need a hand. Um, and there, you know, that's the arts council as well, isn't there? The arts council, yeah. Oh, yeah. The arts council. If you're if you want to create something and you don't have the the money and, and you think you could do with a bit of funding. If, you, if your work is good, there's places like the Arts Council and Unlimited that fund deaf and disabled artists to create stuff. You have BFI, BFI, if you're, you know, if you're into... I know the BFI at the moment have got a grant scheme. I think they're giving about £500 out to projects at the moment. Yeah. Because they're, you know, just to, so, yeah, there's, there's things out there, isn't there, Dan? There is. You have to look for them, though. It's, again, it's like you say, Sam, you have to be proactive. You have to, you know, look for these things. Look at the BFI, look at the Arts Council, look at Equity, look at Vectu, look at the Writers Guild, look at the BBC, because essentially, you know, it's a, it's a catch-22. Mm. They argue that there's a... Sorry, Dan, to interrupt you, but I was going to say, they would do worse than anybody would, on a basic level, should just follow you guys on social media. Oh. <laughs> because, but, but true, because, you know, not only what you're doing, but also what you obviously share from both yeah. your positions, even, you know, as, as myself and also as the company, even stuff that we're not involved with, if it relates to predominantly disability, I will share it, mm. you know. Yeah. Sorry, I interrupted. No, no, no. You, you're totally true. But you know, do follow, do follow deaf and disabled performers and artists on social media, because you know, a if we get a bigger following, great for us. Thanks very much. Um, but b we do share stuff because, you know, I'm not going to fit every acting role, but 
I will get through equity or through casting directors coming to me going, Dan, do you know anybody that could fit? Is there anybody that I can talk to? Where do I go? Who do I talk to? So we do share stuff. And Sam, I know you do the same. So do follow fellow deaf and disabled artists performers. You know, lots of actors follow casting directors on Twitter as yeah. well. But especially within the disabled community, follow your fellow disabled performers. Oh, completely. I, you know, I think people, I get quite a lot of people are quite surprised if I will tweet about, particularly a new, if I get asked to do something for news and I can't do it because I've got another commitment or, you know, I'm having a manicure because so in priorities, <laughs> you know, and I will always tweet, I will always tweet it and go, look, I can't do this. Um, it's about sharing the wealth. Um, I, and you know, like like Dan said, there'll be things that I am definitely not suited for. But instead of keeping that to myself, I would rather, you know, have someone more representation um, on screen and, and share that. So it is about being, I suppose, you know, probably not 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 so self centered in that respect. Mm. And because um, I know, cause, you know, Andrew said it is such a competitive environment. But I think sometimes that competitiveness means that we don't want to share we don't want we're, we, we don't want you know it's like me going oh, i'm not going to give it to them because i don't want them getting it uh, instead of me i don't think we should have that approach particularly when you we are looking at um a, a minority group that is so underrepresented and um, i think actually sorry, final I just, word, sorry sam yeah. I just, just i really want to say this before i forget the other people i think that are worth following are the charities such as scope men cat yeah. national artistic um society um changing faces i mean like changing through changing faces adam pearson got his role in under the skin mm. with scarlett johansson you know both scope and mencap do really good stuff and um, the other thing is um, the national theaters and spotlights profile database for disabled actors indeed like people need to check out that out because apart from the else you don't have to pay to be part of it um i think no, right. you don't. You don't. Um, you know what? And I have seen an increase in the castings coming through for our disabled clients who act, not really through Spotlight, to be honest, but through, I think they're calling, the casting directors are calling because they've seen our clients on that database. Yeah. Yeah. I, 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 think, I think you're probably, I think you're probably right, to be honest. Um, I think one kind of a final thought, um, if there are any um, kind of any broadcasters out there listening to our lovely podcast, but what message would you have to to these gatekeepers? Um, and be quite blunt if you want to. Um, we might we might make it into a soundbite and like post it everywhere. Um, but what what like you know like in these times if they're thinking, oh my goodness, you know, everything's on hold at the moment. When we get back, you know, we, we need some new uh, talent. We need to like shake things up a little bit. What what message do you have for the gatekeepers that really are pulling their weight and really are doing, uh, you know, a disservice and disjustice to people with disabilities? Um, well, I think I said it earlier, you know, there are loads of disabled people in the industry out there who are ready, willing, and able to work so just book them just commission them it's not difficult stop talking about it stop having meetings stop having events you know whilst they're important we can't keep having them and saying oh disability is really important and then the figures year and year don't get better in terms of representation mm -hmm. so you know, frankly just get on with it you know yeah. in a, in a, i know that's really matter of fact and it sounds like i'm being almost like a bit dismissive I'm not actually but I think there is a tendency to over talk this overthink this you know the, the people are out there and are more than able to do it I mean I have got a raft of ideas with you know like with likes of you Sam attached with producers you know with Lee with Adam I mean they're brilliant hilarious funny uh, noisy for want of a horrendous media term um you know the 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 stuff is the, the talents out there the ideas are out there and actually loads of producers are out there you know wanting to work with with talent disabled talent and to pitch them in 
you know, a number of commissioners are, are wanting to hear it, but the, the, the funnel neck needs to just open and okay. and just you know just got on with it I, I just don't understand why you know when there are so, you know, like you guys you know the, the 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 clients who I represent you know the likes of Rosie Jones Chris McCausland um Tim Renko um Sophie Morgan you know all you know just brilliant professionally um adept people who should just be you know, on, you know, when you think, and I'm going to call out one specific thing, actually, when you think that there have been, I think now, 18 series of I'm a Celebrity on ITV and there still hasn't been a physically disabled person on that series, mm. that's just not acceptable. You know, it, yeah. you know, and don't get me wrong, yeah, there would have to be some conversations about how things would need to happen, but in the same way when they've had... Um, some slightly older contestants on who haven't then taken part in challenges because of you know their health needs or whatever well there you go mm. that's the way to do it um, exactly you can you can throw spiders on me that's fine that's all good i'm not gonna lie sam you're on your own on that one like you <laughs> you want to go live in the, in the australian jungle for a couple of you know why <laughs> yeah, Strictly, you know, Strictly has been good, you know, in having disabled talent on. I think there should be more. I think there should be different types of disability represented on, on that programme. But, for example, why shouldn't there be a wheelchair user like oh. Samantha Rank on? <laughs> See, now, Strictly. now, Strictly, I can get on board with. I can, I can do the sequence. Like that, that works for me, but the spiders, they're oh, all. I love to see you in pink sequence. Yeah. Whoa, yeah. You want to see me in one of those, like, cut to the navel? In Lycra. Actually, um, Dan, I would also quite happily like to see that. <laughs> <laughs> um, people actually, on that note. <laughs> but you know, I, and I think that the public, the thing is, the public, you know, don't let's not forget, a lot of these programs are in you know, series 19, whatever they are, mm. you know, spice up a bit. You know, yes. of, have I got news for you? I think last year, for the first time, had a physically disabled comedian on. Now that series started in the 90s. Mm. And, yeah. you know, when Chris McCausland, he was brilliant. He's done eight out of 10 Cats Does Countdown. He was brilliant. You know, and actually he was brilliant because he's funny. Yeah you know, and, and brings a different element to it, but also brings a new audience to it. And as I was saying earlier, when people are so desperate to engage with audiences, why would you not want to do that? Indeed, indeed, because you've got all the streaming providers, all, all of those kind of things. The fight for eyeballs is stronger than it's ever been. So the best way to get those new eyeballs onto your product is to diversify your product. Yeah. Looking at the comments while we're here, because, you know, people oh, yes. are watching live and coming oh, yeah. in. <laughs> I forgot. I just thought we had an next Lisa S has kindly informed us that it's Carrie Brunel that was the CBBC presenter. Thank you yes. for using Thank Google. Um, Lucy Edwards says it's been a fabulous chat. And oh, lovely, Lucy. And Amy Bowling, who follows us on Twitter, is complimenting your eyeshadow and top, Sam. She thinks... You're, you look, it's a dress. It's a dress, even better. But there you go. No, actually, actually, it's a skirt, but I pulled it up to be a dress. Uh, there you go. Benefits of being like supersized. Tiny. Supersized tiny. That's free shopping. See, accessible fashion, everybody. Yeah. Exactly. That's a show in itself, isn't it? Yeah. Just saying. I can mail my. Um, I am conscious of the time because um, we always like to keep it under 50 minutes and we're just about, is that right? Yeah, I've not got my glasses on. Yeah. Um, Andrew, it's been an absolute pleasure. I think we are going to share this far and wide because I think more people need to hear what you're saying because um, you are speaking a lot of sense. Indeed. Um, so thank you for taking... Um, you know, time out of your busy schedule because I know that you are still extremely busy. Um, and it's been a pleasure. I am proud to have you as my agent. 
Um, I am proud to have you as an ally and an advocate for the disability community because we need more people like you who aren't disabled but actually care about people like myself and Dan. So I can't thank you enough. Um, um, yeah, keep in touch. We will share this on all our platforms. Indeed. Uh, Dan, will, Dan will show you how to share it as well. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, I mean, depending on how long this is going to last, we will love to get you back on. I would love to come back and thanks for having me. No worries, thank you for coming. So guys, basically this will work as it always does. As soon as we hit stop, it will be on YouTube for you to watch at your perusal. Feel free to add comments below. Apparently that's a thing on YouTube. Um, then I will sit in my little technical den, edit it up and it will be on all the normal podcast channels, hopefully by the end of today. So we hope you've enjoyed this one, guys. I'm not sure what we're going to name this one. We haven't come up with a name. Come on, Sam. What are we naming this the one? The Roach. The Roach. The <laughs> Roach. Joined by the Roach. All right. So joined by the Roach. Joined by the Roach. That could be a very different podcast. Oh, they could. <laughs> um, we might have to work on the title, but we'll get, we'll get something spiffy. We will. <laughs> We will. But yeah, thank you guys for those of you that have watched it live. We hope you've enjoyed it. For those of you watching on Catch Up and listening on the normal podcast channels, we hope you've enjoyed it. Feel free to share it because like we say, more people need to hear Andrew's honest conversation. And yeah, let's change the industry so that it's not business as usual after lockdown. And let's see more deaf and disabled people on TV. I have been Sam. I have not been Sam Rink. <laughs> Sam has been Sam. See, it's live, everybody. I have been Danage. Uh, I have been Samantha Rank. We have been joined by the lovely Andrew Roach. And this has been Life Downloaded Live. Take care, guys. Look after yourselves. Bye. Bye.